Transformational truth number 10. One of the most underestimated threats to our destiny is the decision to ignore our insecurity. Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. Today's guest on Transformational Truths is Dr. Sam Chant. And in this season of his life, Sam Chant does one thing, leadership. His singular vision for his life is to help other people succeed, and he does this through multiple avenues. Sam Chand is an incredible leadership consultant. Uh, he has established the Sam Chand Leadership Institute. He has released incredible resources on topics such as vision, leadership, culture. He is a dream releaser, and he is with us today. I sat down and had a truly rich conversation with Dr. Chan. It was deep, it was funny, it was impactful, and it was so transparent. I think one of the things about this interview that really sticks out was Dr. Chan's transparency as we discussed the issue of insecurity. Let's jump in. Our special guest today is Dr. Sam Chand. Dr. Chand, welcome to Transformational Truths. We're honored to have you. It's my honor and joy to be with you. Thank you. So today's transformational truth is that one of the most underestimated threats to our destiny is the decision to ignore our insecurity. And insecurity is something that at one time or another, we all have to wrestle with. The question isn't, have we ever had any, but rather, are we aware of them? Are we willing to engage in the process of healing from them? And I think ultimately what makes the presence of unchecked insecurity so dangerous uh, to our life and leadership is the ability that it has to impact the way you see you. Dr. Chand, um, in your book, New Thinking, New Future, you write about the impact that insecurity has on our identity. In fact, in chapter four, uh, you wrote something that I think is really going to be helpful for our listeners to hear. Let me just take a moment and read this. You said, I meet with some of the most successful leaders in the United States and around the world. They have incredible talents and have seen remarkable growth in their organizations. But when I peel back some layers of their obvious competencies, I often notice a striking similarity. Many of them live with a significant measure of insecurity. It shows up in comparison, competition, and flashes of self-doubt. And I've learned to recognize this often buried but common trait in leaders because I've struggled with it myself. Sam, can you share with our leaders for a few minutes the impact that insecurity can have on our sense of identity? Well, insecurity is something that we're all born with. Uh, we compensate for that in different ways. Uh, some become overconfident, some become shy, some are aggressive, some are passive. Uh, so some become overachievers, mm. some become the clown of the class. <laughs> you know, they're always <laughs> telling jokes and pulling chairs out from under people and throwing right. balls at others. So yeah, it uh, some uh, some uh, become athletes 
out of uh, all of that thing. There's a whole concept uh, that uh, is known as leading from your dark side, mm. leading from your dark side. There's much been written about there. That is quite a bit, there's, there's quite a bit of literature out there on that. Uh, and, and what that says to us is that uh, insecurities are in all of us. How we respond to them can be uh, the difference maker. So I don't think you'll ever meet a person who is not insecure at some level. Yeah, right. And I can tell you, I have met with some of the best of the best in different walks of life, corporate, church, uh, nonprofit organizations, for-profit organizations, I, 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 and all over the world. And there are those flashes of insecurity. For example, you know, I'm, I'm a speaker, I'm a writer, you know, I get to be on platforms. Right. And uh, after it's over, there you are with your, uh, the, your host or the hostess, and you are in the green room, and you're having, or their office, and right. you're having conversation. And boy, everything within you wants them to say, good job, Sam. Wow, that was amazing. Never heard anything like that. You changed <laughs> our life. I want to tell you, you are transformational. If we knew you were that good, you'd be the only speaker at this conference. Uh, I bet you sold out all your books out there. And... Uh, that, you know, that is a desire. And when they don't say something, Travis, when they don't say something, you feel like saying, so I trust everything was okay tonight. And uh, uh, right. yeah, man, that was, that was, you had a good crowd. You had a good crowd. Right. Uh, you know, people are quite responsive tonight. And I'm throwing that softball right. to them, hoping that they will throw a ball back at me. And when they don't, boy, that can be... Uh, a really, really uh, trying time saying, wonder if they liked it and, and I don't know. And, uh, uh, you know, seems like yeah. they said more good things about the other person. And right. it's, it's just crazy. It's crazy. And so I just think everybody at the front end of this podcast needs to know we're all insecure mm. and we all deal with it in different ways. And some days you do better than others, and some days you don't do as good as others. It is the invisible, dark enemy that you fight on the inside. Uh, mm. We're just born with it, we'll die with it. Uh, I know friends who have written books on insecurity who are insecure about the sales of their books. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, have, have you read my book on insecurity? Uh, no, I haven't. You wrote a book on security. You mean you have not seen my book on insecurity? Man, I'm really insecure about your... You know, so, <laughs> yeah, it, it is just something that I think it's good to acknowledge. So up front, I thought it would be good to at least let everybody know. I'm insecure, you're insecure, and that's okay. Right. I think uh, what you're saying is really important, Sam, because uh, there's a sense of freedom in just owning our own insecurity. And it's, it's sort of liberating once you can just own it and say, hey, I have some insecurity and it's okay. Now in your voice and just as you share, uh, it's encouraging to me and I know it's encouraging to our listeners because while you're, you're admitting your insecurities to us, your sense of vulnerability, I think also communicates some hope 
because, well, let me ask you this question, Sam. Were you always this vulnerable and transparent about your insecurity? No, 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 no. The older I'm getting, uh, so I don't know when this podcast will be aired, but let us say by the time it airs in a few weeks, I'll be 68. And I think the older you get, the more vulnerable you become. You know, some people said they have no filter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, they said they have no boundaries. They're, just, they're liable to say anything. And you get to that age and stage in life. I get that. But no, 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 man. Early on, you do everything to camouflage it, to uh, make sure that nobody knows. And the conundrum, Travis, is that everybody knows. Yeah, right. And the more you try to hide it, the more it is visible. And, and so mm. I, I just think that uh, you come to that place in your life, but no, to answer your question, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I uh, uh, did everything to uh, hide it, camouflage it, compensate for it, overdo it, you know, all those kind of things. And, and yet, and yet uh, there is hope because you work through all of that and God uses you in spite of all of that. Right, right. And I think that's, that's so encouraging. I know it's encouraging our listeners because it's encouraging me. I think we're all working through some sense of insecurity. And I think one of the lies kind of that we buy when it comes to insecurity is that if, if, if I let people see my insecurity, it's going to cause uh, them to value me less or think something less about me. But, but I think in reality, would you agree that, it, that if we're just transparent about insecurity, it actually sort of breeds trust? Absolutely. Man, I've been places where I followed name brand speakers. I leave the names off, you know. I'm a generic guy, you know. I mean, I'm the who's he. They're the who's who. And, 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 <laughs> and I have got behind. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you one story. I'll tell you one story. So I was in Manila, Philippines, invited for the first time a few years ago. And my good friend uh, who is with the Lord right now, Ravi Zacharias, was uh, the speaker before me. Now, mm. Ravi had been to the church. Now, about 15,000 people in the building, about 15,000 people. Ravi had been at that uh, church and spoken at different ways for 30 years, 33, zero, 30 years. It was my, for, my first time. So, uh, you know, the, the convenience or the conference probably thought it would be cute to get two Indian guys who live in Atlanta to come and talk to us. <laughs> and everybody knows how brilliant Ravi was. He still is through his books and his lectures. You know, he is immortal in so many ways. And I miss him already. Mm. Uh, but Ravi Zechariah is just brilliant, just totally brilliant. So he's up there with PowerPoints. And he's up there, if everyone remembers how he quoted people, famous people, right. and all that, all that kind of stuff. And he uses, he used words. I don't even think some of those words are real words. But, you know, it, was, came, <laughs> it came from Robbie, so everybody saw it. It was all good. So I'm sitting there, Travis, on the front row. My wife, Brenda, is with me. I'm sitting in the front row, and I'm the next speaker. And what they did was they introduced both of us at the same time, and they said, when Ravi Zacharias is done, then Sam, the next voice you will hear will be Sam Chen. And they introduced, give us a proper introduction. Huge building, so you can imagine if it sees 15,000 people, it had three balconies right. to it, you know, just crazy, crazy place in Manila. And 
Uh, I'm sitting there and Ravi is just doing so good. He's doing amazing. My wife is sitting there just taking notes as fast as she can. <laughs> you know, and then she looks at me, she says, he's really good. And I say, yeah, babe, but you know, that's not making me <laughs> very good right now. <laughs> And, and I knew the whole, you know, I could not focus on Ravi because of my insecurities. You know, I can't focus on what he's saying. Uh, yeah. I'm just thinking about, man, Sam, when you get up there, these people don't even know you. What are you going to do? I mean, how do you follow the legend? Right. Ravi Zacharias. So I can tell you what I did. I got up there and for 10 solid minutes, I roasted Ravi. I made fun of Ravi. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went up, down, and he was just rolling on the floor. Uh, but while that was funny, it really was compensating for my deep, deep, deep insecurities because I knew my content mm. was nowhere in the same ballpark. I knew my delivery was not as smooth as his. I knew he had PowerPoints and I had no PowerPoints. Wow. I knew that he was a vetted uh, speaker that they'd heard 30 years in a row and I was a new guy over there. I, I, I knew that they had read his books and they had not read my books. I knew all of that going mm. into it. And, and, and I can tell you so many other stories, Raz, but I tell you, that was uh, just a terrible day for me to walk away from there and saying, Sam, what is that all about? Wow. Where did that, that come from? And uh, it was not needed, Sam. And, you know, it was just a, a, a good day of me to reflect and learn, but also a bad day for me to just let all my insecurities hang out there. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Long answer to a short question. We just deal with it. Yeah, that's um, that story highlights uh, something that is important. I think our listeners need to hear, Sam. And I think that's there's a temptation to look at you. Um, many of us have read your books, maybe not in Manila, but we have here. Uh, and admire your ministry, admire your leadership, admire what you do. You've made an impact in my life. You've made an impact in the lives of my peers and, and many millions of people. But I think there's a temptation to look at what you've done and assume that that a guy like Sam Chand, um, he's never had insecurities. And uh, that's why God uses him the way God uses him. And that's why he's making the impact he's making. But that's not true. You, as you've already said, God has worked through your life in spite of your insecurities. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and I have this feeling uh, and I'll tell because what I'm about to tell you, I've said from so many different platforms. Let me just take you inside Sam Chan's head. So when I'm in green rooms or in offices with the who's who, the glitterati of, you know, be it corporate or church world, I can tell you, Travis, what is going on in my head. My head is saying to myself, Sam, what are you doing here? Mm. Sam, you don't belong here. You're an imposter. Wow. Uh, if they actually found out that you, you don't have what it takes, uh, they, you know, they're going to just make fun of you. Wow. And, and, and that's what goes on in my head on a regular basis. Uh, and, and I have to overcome that in healthy ways. I just gave you a story of hmm. Robbie Zacharias and myself that was very unhealthy while 15,000 people was just rolling on the floor because I, you know, uh, I just went that, that far with him. Uh, it is, uh, 
that you just have to deal with it in a healthy way. And I have to just say, I didn't come here on my own. The Lord has brought me here. God's got a plan for my life. And you mm. know, just kind of uh, roll with that. But yeah, I fight it on a yeah. daily basis, fight it on yeah. a daily basis. Uh, you're already bringing a lot of freedom um, to us, Sam. You, you also, in your book, you describe our efforts uh, to keep our insecurities hidden, especially early on in life. And you use a really compelling term. You called it tectonic insecurity. Could you, could you, could you elaborate maybe on that, that term a little bit? You know, when you're writing a book and you don't have anything to say, you just take random words and put them together. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then there will, and then there will be a, a friend somewhere who's doing a podcast with you. And he will say, <laughs> That was an interesting word that you put together there. <laughs> yeah. Tectonic insecurity. Whoever thought of that, huh? Sam Chan. But yeah, it, but, but it sounds good, doesn't it? It sounds really good. It, it sounds, sounds great. It sounds like, wow, I need to read that paragraph. Tectonic. So, well, tectonic uh, is a term that is used in ge geological terms, in geology, where there are, there are plates, there are uh, plates under the earth, earth uh, that, that come together, that move together. And when they move in certain ways, tectonic plates move in certain ways, there are earthquakes. Mm. And tectonic, uh, uh, for example, uh, a few years ago when the great tsunami came, 14 countries, over half a million got killed uh, because deep in the bowels of the ocean, the tectonic plates moved right. and hundred foot waves were sent from hundreds and thousands of miles in every direction. And I think that is what happens in uh, leaders' lives, especially mm. when an event happens. Uh, they didn't get that uh, promotion when they did not, they uh, tried out for the church and the church didn't invite them. Right. Uh, they, they wrote a book and five copies sold and four of them was your mother uh, right. buying copies. And, and it, it is when those events happen, tectonic insecurity rises. And mm -hmm. those are times when people act in very unhealthy ways, very toxic ways. Mm very insecure ways, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Dysfunctional ways. Yeah. Uh, have you not ever been in a meeting and somebody that goes off on somebody and you just sit right. there and say, where is that coming from? Yes. Man, right. her response or his response is greater than the issue at hand. What's going on over here? Right. Why did, did they come emotionally charged with this whole issue here? And I think those are what I mean by tectonic insecurity that are deep seated. Tectonic is not on the surface. It's not the dust on the top of the, of the ground there. Tectonic mm -hmm. is uh, hundreds and thousands of feet below the surface and you don't even know it is there. I can tell you in my life, in my life, uh, when somebody does something and I go off on them or inside at least my head. And I want to say words that I would never say. Yeah. And I step back from that and say, Sam, where did that come from? Hmm. You should be further down the road. You should be more mature than that. 
You know, in that book, I have a whole chapter called, What Time Is It? The Question of Maturity. It's like, where did that come from? Well, right. that is tectonic insecurities deep down the recesses of our soul that move and cause so much harm, so much dismay, so much self-disappointment, mm. self-disillusionment. Uh, just, just feel like, wow, where did that come from? Yeah. So mm. those two random words thrown together make a good paragraph. <laughs> um, Sam, you you describe uh, the links that that we often go to to keep our insecurities hidden um, in in your book, um, and I want to read a couple of lines that um, I think every one of us can relate to. I know I could relate to. Uh, you said we smile when we're dying inside. We compliment others, hoping they'll return the favor. We drive ourselves to work long hours to prove we're worthy. We hide from risks or take foolish ones. We deny our fears. We minimize our doubts. And we hope no one has enough insight to look beneath the surface to see what's really going on inside. Uh, Sam, why do you think our tendency is to work so hard to keep our insecurities hidden? Well, first of all, I need to plead guilty to every one of those charges. <laughs> I am totally guilty of every one of them. I really don't know the entire reason, Travis, as to why we work so hard. But let me conjecture. Uh, I think we all have something to prove and we are die for approval. Mm. So from the time a baby is uh, able to figure out a few things. The baby knows what will get it, it love, what will get it approval. Uh, I remember my children were young and my grandchildren were, were young. Uh, my, I still have a seven-year-old grandbaby and she'll come from school and she'll have these words or she'll have these pictures and, and she wants to show me. See, see, see what I made, see what I learned. She said, can you tell two plus two? What is two plus two? And, and all. So the whole notion of gaining approval. And we'll go to any lengths to gain approval. We will demean other kids mm. to have the other half of the class laugh with us and think we're really cool. Right. Uh, we will we will buy clothes we can't afford. We'll drive cars we can't afford. Uh, mm. Approval was, in, was built into us. So I, I have a theory on that. And, and, and many of your, I'm not a theologian, but many of your theologian friends is probably going to disagree with it. They'll make me more insecure, but uh, <laughs> here it goes, here it goes. I think when we use the word need for approval, yes, in God, in for God, that is worship. Mm. So we are image bearers. We are image bearers. He made us in His likeness. Uh, now I know we are depraved. There's depravity, but there's also dignity to to all. So both sides are are given to us. But on the on the dignity side of things, we are made in his image. God is made us to worship him forever. 
there's never gone there's never been a time in which god said okay 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 you guys you can stop worshiping me now you have worshiped me enough stop it no more worship for the next day in fact in fact when you read what will be happening in eternity depending on eschatology but but uh, it, when you read what we uh, right we ourselves doing in eternity all right. we're doing is holy 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 lord god almighty worship 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 so he, eternity will be nothing but <clears throat> worshiping god mm. timelessly for eternity so god has an insatiable appetite for worship Mm. He inhabits the praises of his. It's it is worship that he cannot get enough of. For us, because of depravity, that worship has become approval. Mm. I don't know of any human being who would say, "Sam, you give me, you've encouraged me all that you can encourage me, man." I mean. I am so encouraged. In fact, if you say anything more encouraging, I'm going to die of encouragement overdose. Hmm. No one's going to ever say that. You know, we may smile coyly. We may say, good to God, the praise. We may say, yeah, man, I know, I know. It's all good. You know, we may blow it off. Right. What are we going to do? But we, but it's like, say more, say more. Can you say that? Right. Say, say one more sentence. Good. Say something good about me. Mm. You know, it's what about me? Say some more about me. Right. We are built with that insatiable appetite for approval. Hmm. God, insatiable appetite for worship. Human beings, because of depravity, dignity turned to depravity because of the fall, has become insatiable appetite for. Think about the first crime that was committed. It was all about approval, Cain and Abel. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Think about why Joseph was sold into slavery because daddy gave approval to one. Mm. What did what did God the Father say on the Mount of Transfiguration? This is my beloved son at the baptism of Jesus. Approval, approval, approval. Right. And I just I just think that is why we are the way we are. And that is why we have to find healthy ways to respond to it. Wow. I, uh, what you just said was so important, uh, Dr. Chand. I, I can relate to everything you've written about insecurity, um, wrestling with my own. And I don't think I started to see any form of healing or uh, maturing in those areas of insecurity until I really drilled down and started to discover my identity in Christ. I think prior to that, it was always in my activity. You know, it was my identity was wrapped up in my preaching or my leading or um, titles or whatever I achieved. And it wasn't until I discovered my identity in Christ that, I mean, really discovered, I know we say it a lot. I mean, it, you know, it gets preached a lot, but really getting that revelation that who you are is, is really who you are in Christ Jesus. That is when, for me, the healing process uh, began. That's why I appreciate everything you're saying about. Well, it doesn't it go back to the fall. So pre-fall, yeah. we were human beings. He made us human beings, just be. Just right. be human beings. After the fall, we became human doers. Mm. 
So we gain approval by doing, not by being. Right. And from childhood, we learn that if I get good grades doing, mm-hmm. I can be loved right. more. Right. My value, my self-value, my self-worth is tied to my performance. And so that is that, you know, it all goes back to Genesis wow. one, two, three. Wow. Wow. Um, uh, Dr. Chand, can you maybe recommend, suggest, give some advice? What's, what's something that uh, we can do to engage in this process of healing from our insecurities? Because I'm listening to you talk and, and, you know, I hear this incredible, you know, maturity in your life. You, th- there's this irony that you admit your insecurity, but, but you seem to own it which communicates security. It, it, it's, it's this, it's the, yeah, it's, it's this weird paradox. Like you're, you're being very honest and transparent about your insecurity, but your honesty speaks security. Um, can you talk to us about that for a moment? I mean, what can we do to own those, those things and, and just sort of mature in that process, heal in that? So when you go to your first alcoholic anonymous meeting, not you, but I'm talking <laughs> generic. That that the you there is a generic. <laughs> well, you you can you can. Thanks for clearing out. that up, Doctor Chad. This, this podcast will be the most listened to podcast, uh, and 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 your church is going to be empty. So. Uh, <laughs> So this is the editorial you. Uh, so yeah, so when somebody, not you, but somebody goes to the Alcoholic Anonymous meeting for the first time, the first thing that they have to say is, hi, my name is Sam and I'm an alcoholic. There is that freedom that comes with acknowledging who you are. Mm-hmm. And once you acknowledge that, out of that comes freedom. Mm. And you're right, it is the conundrum of life. Your security comes from acknowledging your insecurity. So for an alcoholic, for example, their freedom comes from acknowledging that they're an alcoholic. And the second thing is, they know that they'll always need community. They'll always need community to stay right. sober. Right. And that is where uh, I can tell you who's helped me most in my life has been my wife. Brenda and I've been married for 41 years now. Wow. You know, so she will say it in nice ways, but she will, you know, demonstrate that to me. My, my children who are 40 and 38 from time to time will throw a bomb at me and, uh, and, and say, dad, why, why, what is that all about? So uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think you need some Friends in your life, in my book, Leadership Pain, I talk about having pain partners, having pain partners. Yeah. Uh, and, and so this is what I would like to say to everybody. First of all, acknowledge that you're insecure. You, hey, listen, whoever you are, you are insecure. I don't care if you're CEO of the largest company on the planet or the pastor of the largest church, you're insecure. Mm. We're all insecure. And that's okay. Right. That's okay. That's not a stone being thrown at that. That is simply saying, you are fine with me. I love you just like you are. So Mm -hmm. first thing, acknowledge your insecurity. Number two, 
find some people in your life, be it family, friends, whom, who have permission to say to you, that was an insecure moment in your life. Yeah. And you will not defend yourself, you will not push back, and you'll embrace them because uh, a friend spoke truth, not to hurt you, but to help you. The third thing I would say to everybody is, this is going to be a struggle for the rest of your life. Mm. There is no deliverance. Mm. There is no cure. There is no silver bullet. There is no, quote unquote, ultimate healing. Uh, because I've seen some of the most people I thought were the most secure go insecure depending on the circumstance. Wow. Uh, you know, you can read a blog about yourself. You can read a Facebook post that is not flattering. Somebody posts a picture on Instagram. Somebody says something on Twitter. And you can go from security to insecurity in an instant. Hmm. In an instant. Uh, pastors post their Instagram photos of the church. You know, they're, they're only posting the good stuff. Nobody's telling you that they bombed. Nobody, nobody on a Sunday afternoon, you're not going to see any pastor saying, you know, God, the father was not there. God, the son was not there. God, the Holy Spirit was not there. People were not there. Money was not there. Even my wife was not there. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, even my husband was not there. Uh, I totally bombed. It was a terrible right. service. The praise and worship team was totally off. No one posts those pictures. That's right. Why would we want people to? So everybody has this glitterati image that they put out there, those little clips that are 10 seconds long. And we think that that's reality. Reality is every preacher bombs. Every worship leader has a bad day. Every husband and wife had that difficult time just before they are ready to minister. Right. So just say to yourself, uh, I am healed by jesus but this healing is a progressive healing yeah right <laughs> and, and right. i'll be healed as i go i'll become more comfortable with my insecurities and the fourth thing i would say to everybody is that you will get better at dealing with your insecurities as you get older mm. so just live long <laughs> just, <laughs> just live, live long. long just live long <laughs> just live long <laughs> You know, you know, you know your grandpa, your grandma, or your great grandpa, or great grandma, and they say anything that comes to their mind. They say whatever comes to their mind. Right. They don't try to fix it. Right. Yeah, that, yeah you'll be that one day. <laughs> you will be that one day. Oh, is that is that you now? That's no, I'm not there quite yet. I'm getting there, but I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I can't, I can't wait to be in my 70s when I can say more stuff that I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, tell you what, the lesser filter you have, the more life is enjoyable. <laughs> yes. Yeah, indeed. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, I, I, I would just throw in there for our listeners, um, one of the, one of the, uh, tools or resources that honestly God brought into my life at a really important, uh, in a really important season was the book you just mentioned, Leadership Pain. When, when that book came out, I was in a transition season. I was, I was literally living in linear space. I was in between, um, 
that's and I still remember there's another term like you know like tectonic insecurity and there's you know I was literally living in this in, in this linear uh, space I was in the hallway and I didn't know what was going on until I read that book and you were the first person that had encapsulated that but but leadership pain was a book that God really used in my life to really facilitate um, some healing uh, process uh, so for all of our listeners if you haven't grabbed that one uh, you need to add that to your library. Um, recapping our transformational truth, one of the most underestimated threats to our destiny is the decision to ignore our insecurity. Um, Dr. Chan, man, you have blessed me. You've blessed us. Um, I know people are going to want to connect with you. Where can people find you? Well, people can find me by, just by Googling me, but I want to give people two gifts. I want to give people two gifts. Okay. One is in April and during COVID days, I launched a new journal called Avail, A-B-A-I-L, Avail. It is about 130 pages long. It is glossy five color. It comes out quarterly. It's all about Christian leadership. And you can get four issues free of charge delivered to your wow. house in the mail if you're not in the United States. If you're not in the United States, you can get a digital copy just like this, uh, free of charge, the next four issues. It is beautiful. It has got amazing content to it. So let me give you a website to go to. Avail, A-B-A-I-L, availjournal.com. Availjournal.com. That's avail journal. When you go there, it's going to ask you for contact information and start sending it to you so you can get this in your mailbox. In fact, in fact, if you are pastor of a church and you want all the hundreds of thousands of people in your church to receive a copy of this free of charge uh, in one of your communications, you can encourage people to sign up. It's wow. non-denominational. We will never ask you for money in here. We're not taking your members away. It is not a budget item for your church, but you can have in your entire church sign up for availjournal.com and uh, get this in the mailbox. That's wow. one of the resources. The second resource I have is my leadership institute. And I have during these COVID times, I'm running, a, I'm offering a special in which it is basically whatever you want to pay, not basically, whatever you want to pay, whatever you want to pay. So what do you get for that? Uh, you get one book a month from me. So you'll get 12 books. It's a one-year program. You get 12 books. Uh, uh, Leadership Pain is one of them. For example, my culture book is one of them. New yeah. is another one of them. So you get a book. It's all online. So it's all digital. You, you get a book a month. And then you get four videos a month every week teaching that book. So you get a book a month and four teachings on that book every month. So you get 12 books mm. or about 50 videos a year for mm. here's the price, whatever you want to pay, whatever wow. you want to pay. So for years, I've been retailing that all over the world for $2,000 a year. I'm not asking you for that. Uh, you simply uh, just tell us whatever you want to pay. So let me give you the website for that. I'll repeat it a couple of times. It is Sam Chand, which is my name, samchandleadership.com slash COVID, C-O-B-I-D. Samchandleadership.com slash COVID. When you go there, it's going to ask you two questions. What's your contact information so we can start sending it to you? And the second question will be, how much do you want to pay? You want to pay once a year? You want to pay quarterly? You want to pay monthly? No questions asked. Whatever you say, you can wow. have it. 
uh, uh, Pastor Travis, uh, we've had, we've had, I had one guy who said, I'll give you $1. No questions asked, 12 books, 50 videos, a whole year, no questions asked. Wow. That's what we're saying, whatever you want to pay. So if you, uh, uh, yourself, Pastor Travis, or uh, any of the other people listening to me want to share that with your church or your leaders or anybody in the church, just go to samchanleadership.com slash COVID and whatever you want to pay. Wow. 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 It's a win-win. Incredible. Thank you, Dr. Chan, for the resources. Thank you for investing in us today. Um, This has been an incredible blessing. If you'd like to connect with Dr. Chand, please check out the links that we've included for you in the show notes. And if Transformational Truths is helpful to you, please do me a favor. Take a moment, go to Apple iTunes to rate this show and write us a quick review. I want to help you restore the joy to your life and leadership. 